Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candice Gibson, joined today by Josh Clark. Hey, Candice. How are you? Hey there. So uh, I, I no longer feel like I'm in control of my life, Candice. Oh, yeah? I'm a highly suggestible type. I've fallen in with a few cults here or there in my lifetime. Um, I made it out, but, you know, I've never experienced anything as mind-bending as the Chick-fil-A cows. The mojo that they're working on me is intense. Um, I've been waking up in the morning with my bed littered with delicious Chick-fil-A brand chicken sandwich wrappers. And I'm not on Ambien. And that's astounding to me because, to my knowledge, Chick-fil-A closes at 10 p.m. I don't know where these are coming from. Uh, apparently, I have a key. Apparently, I'm not actually breaking and entering, just entering. Back to the cows. Yes. So, uh, also, I sob quietly anytime I eat steak. Uh, it's bad. And and the, the Chick-fil-A cows have been urging me to do some research into their plight. About and, uh, cow kind? Uh, cow kind, yeah. Um, they are a very tight-knit community. They uh, Dairy cows beef cows, pet cows, they all are, are 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 kind of like this this society of cow that we're just looking right past. They have great ideas and values. What about the celebutant of cows, veal? Um yeah, we don't like to talk about that. That's a, that's they're really mad about veal, believe me. There is a there's a, they have a cow hero even. Uh they, they up in the hills, they sing folk tales of Mrs. O'Leary's cow who exacted a revenge on humankind for all cow kind back in 1871. You know, Chicago was a huge and still is a huge um a huge slaughterhouse city. It was the end of the cattle drive. But Mrs. O'Leary's cow, this bovine you speak of was a mil- Cow. He was in no danger of being I'm slaughtered. telling you, they're all very uh, tight knit. All cows are really mad about the like the the, the slaughtering that continues. Oh, tell me more about Alpha Kappa Kawa. Well, well, okay, I'll tell you. Let me tell you a little more about Mrs. O'Leary's cow, this hero. So it's like uh, 1871, um, and uh, Chicago at the time was basically made of wood, which yeah. I think the cows were waiting for. This is pretty wild. Not only were most of the houses made of wood, but the sidewalks are made of wood, the, too. The streets, too, yeah. is my understanding, which I'm having trouble wrapping my head around. Made but it really easy to knock on wood. Exactly. Now, the the, the basically, the universe aligned. Uh, there is a cow prophecy that, that, the, the, that on October 8th, 1871, the stars would align, and this cow would sacrifice its life, the life of four other cows, and I, I believe a horse, and maybe a couple of chickens by kicking over a lantern in Mrs. O'Leary's barn. Now, Mrs. O'Leary's barn had two tons of coal in it, two tons of hay. Don't think Mrs. O'Leary didn't have anything to do with this conspiracy, right? And um, basically, Chicago burned like it never has before. You and I talked about Rome burning, uh, whether or not Nero played the fiddle on another podcast. Well, when Chicago burned, it was pretty serious, too. About three and a half square miles of the city were just completely demolished. 120 people died. Thousands more were homeless. It exacted about $200 million in damage. I looked it up. That's actually uh, $3.2 billion in today's money. So that was a lot from that one kick. You know, the hay went up, the coal went up, the livestock went up, and Chicago went up. Um, And the Chicago Tribune was the first to to catch on, get hip to the cow conspiracy, and report that it was Mrs. O'Leary's cow who started the horrible fire um is that fact or fiction 
I really, really hate to burst your bubble. I know that you've been having a great time weaving this fairy tale for all of our listeners, and I hope you've all been enjoying it. I know I have, and I haven't been rolling my eyes at all, but it is fiction. And the story of the Great Chicago Fire is legendary, really, because there's no definitive answer to whom started the fire. And the cow, you know, again, maybe this will placate you, uh, the cow is a likely contender, mm-hmm. or at least it lives on in legend. But in this case, there's been at least one confession, one story that was recanted, one busted testimony, and a handful more of theories about the fire. And when there was an official inquiry into the cause of the fire, None could be determined. Now who's being naive, Candace? I, I'm sorry, I was taking a big bite of burger. Um, uh, to move on with the story, let me tell you about some of the other crazy theories that are out there. Boys playing with matches started the fire. A comet hit the earth and smoldering bits of stars yes, essentially that, started the fire. That's a great explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Communist Parisians mm-hmm. started the fire. Another conspiracy. It was the wrath of God. Yeah. And a tramp smoking a pipe. And by tramp, we mean like a, a hobo, not to confuse our younger audiences out there. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because this whole, you know, mishmash about Mrs. O'Leary and her cow, the reporter who gave that story said he was essentially looking for a different angle. And 40 years later, he said, you know what, y'all? I made up that story. It wasn't really true. But the reason it caused such a splash and the reason that the cows have spoken to Josh about it is that Mrs. O'Leary was ripe for the vengeance. She had been on welfare, she, her husband, and her five children. But then word got out that she'd been selling dairy products on the side from from a cow. From said cow. And when the city cut her off, she was really upset about it. And apparently she, you know, vowed to exact her revenge. And some people said that's exactly what this fire was, that she started it herself. Other theory being that her cow accidentally kicked over a kerosene lantern. Well, then the story sort of took a turn for the worse when she got on the stand and said not only did she not start the fire, she was in bed and her neighbors were the ones having a a wild party and they snuck into the barn to get milk and they started the fire. You're not seeing a pattern here? Then things took a turn for the even more complicated when uh, Peg Leg Sullivan, this is Daniel Peg Leg Sullivan, perhaps not the most flattering nickname, um, apparently he got up and gave his testimony and he said that he saw the fire and he reported it and he ran for help. And this, you know, was sort of accepted for what it was worth until 1997 when a lawyer named Richard Bales set out to figure out if peg leg was telling the truth and and one of the points he made was that if you've got a peg leg you can't really run that fast and the distance that peg leg could claim to have run was about the length of a football field furthermore bale said that his line of vision from where he was reportedly standing when he spotted the fire there would have been a house in his way and he wouldn't have been able to see the fire rising from the o'leary's barn so Years after the fire raged and burned down the city, Mrs. O'Leary was finally exonerated. So we're not sure if Pegleg was the one who was in the barn and kicked over the, the lantern or, or the pipe that he was smoking set the fire. No one really knows. But it was, it was just, you know, it was a rough night for everyone. The cow that lost its life. Agreed. The O'Learys who lived in, in infamy and notoriety for years. And for Chicago, really. And, 
if the universe was aligning, whether it was, you know, cow forces or not, Chicago was ripe for the burning. Like we said, everything was made of wood. The night of the fire, there was a strong wind blowing. And to make matters even worse, the Chicago firemen, of whom there were only 200, mm-hmm. were exhausted and their resources depleted because the previous night they'd been fighting a fire as well. Well, plus also the uh, the building that housed all their water pumps burned to the ground as well. Yeah, and some of them even got the wrong address to the O'Leary so they didn't show up in time. And they were trying to pump water reserves from Lake Michigan to help with the effort, and that wasn't working in their favor well, either. You know the, the puny humans didn't even put the fire out. It was the rain that came the next evening that eventually did. And I suppose the great cow in the sky commissioned that weather. You know, Candace, I appreciate you clearing this up for me, but I am afraid I'm going to have to report your lack of faith in my cow overlords. So I would strongly advise you not to send any personal information over the Internet from now on. Well, I guess at least I'll be safe to go on our website and read the article, Did the Great Chicago Fire Really Start with Mrs. O'Leary's Cow? It did. On HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. 